Previously on The Tony Kornheiser Show. Jimmy played the violin and the cello in high school. Not a lot of people do that. You know, most people are going out for the baseball team. <laughs> and Jimmy did this. But was sports in his family? His older brother, Billy Steinman. It's nice to have last name like Steinman and your children are named William and James. What are we trying for here, kids? Yeah. Um, Billy Steinman became for many, many years the sports information director at Columbia University and in his releases used to use words like lugubrious. He was the smartest sports information director that ever lived, probably. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Okay, that's a, that's a nice open, and it leads me into something. It, it does. Um, this is from Les Kernan in Macedon, New York, which is near Rochester, he tells us. Hello, Mr. Tony. Just listen to your Wednesday, Wednesday remembrance of your classmate, Jimmy Steinman. It's moments like that that distinguish your show from any other as you pay tribute to those who are or were close to you. I've been a listener for many years, and you've given me many moments of enjoyment, but none are better than those when you express your heartfelt sentiments about people important to you. Thank you for sharing those thoughts. That's a, that's a jumping-off point for me. Because I will tell you that I, I, I then began to read all the obituaries that I could of Steinman. And they were all pretty much the same. And my dear friend, Peter Lazarus, sent me something from Rolling Stone, which rank the 10 best Jimmy Steinman songs. And the first one they rank is I Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That, which was sort of later in his career. Then Totally Clips of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. Then it's all coming back to me now by Celine Dion, which is a tour de force, which is, in, in Steinman words, it, it's about Heathcliff coming back from the moors to claim a bride. You know, not everybody does that. Then Steinman himself with Bad for Good. Then Holding Out for a Hero, which is a campy song by Bonnie Tyler, which is in the movie Footloose, which is wonderful. Then it's Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Then it's The Sisters of Mercy, with whom I'm unfamiliar, in a song called More. I don't know that song. Then it's Meatloaf again, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad. And then it's Air Supply. Air Supply is a group that you would go, oh, God, Air Supply. (laughs) But this song, Making Love Out of Nothing at All, is tremendous. It's tremendous. And then there's Barry Manilow, Read Him and Weep. And you go, Barry Manilow. So you got Barry Manilow, Celine Dion, Air Supply. And, And what I wanted to say... And I thought about this a little bit. All of Jimmy's songs are the same. It's the same song all the time. It's great. And it's the same song. They all deal with physical and emotional conflict. Every one of these songs is in the here and now. It, it, they're fantasy songs, but they deal with physical and emotional conflict. And that's opera that's what opera is about. And Jimmy always wanted to do opera. His mother was a music teacher. He always wanted to do opera. It doesn't mean he loved opera. It means it was infused in him, obviously. All of these songs are pretty much the same. And if you see the music videos, and I don't know if they make music videos anymore, but all of his music videos, they all start the same. There's a, there's a motorcycle. There's lightning. There's a crash. There's something There's something that puts you in danger. There's a threat to all of these. And then there's a piano line that starts. And then there's a vocal that starts. And ultimately where the vocals end is is what is the classic? Well, it's totally clips of the heart. Of course it's totally clips of the heart. I mean, it's just this this these sounds that never stop, that somehow you 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 end up in the middle of the earth and you can't stop the banging. And that's what his songs were. He was so incredibly theatrical. And I played all of these songs 
for myself. And they're, you know, they're great, but they are the same. This is a reminder as to why I loved growing up with a house that played music and why you should continue to play music because you get to these moments. And I get a text. Do you mind if I share this? Please. This is on Wednesday. The Nats had an afternoon game. (laughs) They didn't give Scherzer a lot. Zero against Kershaw. Zero last time out. One today. One stinking run. Max is a warrior god. Six minutes later, I'm sitting here listening to Steinman songs. My (laughs) God, he was brilliant. He wrote fantasy operas and overproduced them. If you didn't like them and weren't moved by them viscerally, you weren't actually alive. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, that's what, yeah, it's great to be able to communicate with my son and say these things. Um, But that's exactly how I feel. That is exactly how I feel, that that there was, and, and the same, I would say this, and I think that Bruce Springsteen once articulated this, and he said, I make songs for your hips. That, that, that's what I'm doing here. I make songs for, you know, sex and rock and roll. And that, that's, that's, it's the conquest. That's all of it. And Jimmy's, Jimmy made them for your head. Jimmy made it for your head. It just the noise would rattle around in your head. And he had the perfect vehicle in Meatloaf, who was himself Wagnerian. And was willing to dress up. You know, he, he, Meatloaf would go the distance for you. He wouldn't sit shyly in a studio and make the song. It's like when we do um, on PTI, uh, you know, when, when we do Looking Into the Future, which is often on Friday night. What is that thing called? Fortune Teller. Fortune Teller. I'll put on, I'm wearing the costume. <laughs> you have to be willing to wear the costume. This is entertainment, kids. You have to be willing to wear the costume. If it calls for you to wear an earring, if it calls for you to paint your eyelash, you have to be willing to do it. Steinman's songs were all of those things. They were that theatrical all the time. And I'm, I'm rambling now, and I don't mean to ramble, but I did. I thought about it, and I thought about how it moved me. I don't know if music does that anymore. I don't know if that kind of music is successful. Music moves on. The Vogue refers to that thing which is in now. Nothing stays forever. I mean, you may hold on to something forever because you like it, but the rest of the culture moves. Anyway, that's I wanted to talk to that ab- uh, about Jimmy. I wanted to so if you get that in Rolling Stone, you can play all these songs. Our friend George Mallet wrote, sent me a card with a beautiful yes, small painter. painting. Well, he's a newscaster, but it's, oh. he's an anchor, but he's also a painter. A, a beautiful small painting of Secretariat being worked out. It was really. Really lovely. I wanted to mention that. Can I mention your wife's birthday, which sure. is today? Liz Hardwick is Ooh. is having a birthday today and got the greatest birthday present of all. She got a shot. She got the vaccine, which is lovely. Not sure she wanted you to share that. But I'm sorry. Then you take that C- out. CVS gave her something that I never could. Yeah, it's a shot. Um, Will she be calling you later, Tony? I, it's our birthday. She How many should. times did you text her yesterday just in preparation of the birthday? Two, and then I texted her today to tell her happy birthday. Don't forget. Right. Um... I'm I'm rambling because the Nats didn't play last night and I'm so you lost. Got nothing. I have nothing. I went to play golf yesterday. This you didn't watch true. the Dodgers game? No. No, Wilbon did. Wilbon went all the way to the end with it. Just go to the eighth inning. Wilbon went to the end when Mookie Betts gets robbed. Wilbon was very happy about that because he he was he's involved in it. Um so I, I went to play golf yesterday. I signed up. I had time free because I wasn't doing a podcast on Thursday morning. I went out to Columbia. I'm in the 810 group. There's three of us. Now, it was very cold it yesterday. Wasn't a frost delay? No. It was very cold yesterday. When I got in my car, it was 36. That's too cold to play golf. But there was no wind. There was no wind. And I thought, you know, I can do this. I can get in a cart and I can do this. I think I can. I think I can. By the third hole, the wind started coming up. That was it. I left. I did 12 holes. I left after 12. 
I was ice, or as Jimmy would say, you've been cold to me so long, I'm crying icicles instead of tears. <laughs> I was just too cold because of the wind. It felt like the wind chill was in the 20s, and I left. I couldn't go any further. You know, that sometimes happens, and it was too cold to play. It, it's all a function of wind, really. How many birdies do you have? I had no birdies. I had three pars. I had three pars, but I had no birdies. You can't. Uh, but I'm playing from the front tees now. I'm an old man. I don't play from where you play from. I can't, you can't even see me where I tee off from. I'm so far in front of you. And a little warning about the cold, because it was also cold this morning. Don't put the tomatoes and peppers in yet. Oh, never before Mother's Day. Don't put the tomatoes and peppers in yet, kids. I was so lost without a Nats game. I hated Hudson. Hudson almost lost the game, almost blew the save. Thank God Rainey didn't get in the other day and blow the save for Max. But Hudson almost did, loaded up the bases in the eighth, I guess. Why are we was. looking backwards? Let's look forward. We have a great opportunity. We're going against DeGrom and then With who? Stroman. And who? So who? We, we could easily take the series up against the Mets. Who is exactly pitching against DeGrom? Tell the oh, kids. We, we have uh, one Eric Fetty. Eric Fetty. He who, had a good start the last time. Yes. His first good start in four years. And let's see if Joe Ross can keep it in the park <laughs> Joe on Saturday. Ross. He had a really, he had an Eric Fetty start. But at least start. you have the anchor in Patrick Corbin who seems to have righted the he, ship. He had a great, uh, yeah, yeah, Rainey blew that. And he should be out of here. Rainey and Swero, please. The bigger question please. is. Brad Hand got the 6-4-3 though. Yeah. You know what? Let me just say nervous. this. If anybody remembers the game from Wednesday night, if you remember the game, the last two outs of the eighth and the ninth could have gone out of the park or could have dropped in for extra base hits. The wind kept them in the park, and the wind allowed Andrew Stevenson to run over there and get both of those. And if your heart wasn't in your mouth, then you're not a Nats fan. Am I right on oh, those? Yeah. yeah. All by design. That's what Rizzo had when he was... Architecting the bullpen. Max, the, the bullpen's never been solved. Max is now one and one with a one eight O ERA. So here's the question: If they continue to go down the track, you think, which is going to be say five or six below five hundred when you get into the summer, yeah. would you ever c consider trading Max Scherzer? Be a pure rental for a contender. Yeah. As my mother used to say, these three words perish the thought. Just saying, <laughs> no. someone's going to bring it up. He's the greatest free agent signing of all time. Now, if Max Scherzer says, I'm okay with this, that's different. But would you see what happened with his friend Verlander? You, that's right. The, the he path, went and he went, is there. He went, got a spin rate up and won a World Series. Yeah. And Verlander had a, Verlander was like 11 and 0 or something like that. Some crazy number, regular season and postseason for the Astros. We're now year. at the point where we're looking at the calendar and looking at days off as wins in the win column because we don't have to go through this torture. Yeah. No, no, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a 500 team right now, if, if they're that. All right, we will take a break. Uh, when we return, Ann Hornaday joins us with an Oscar preview. And like many of you, I did not realize the Oscars were going to be on television soon or at all. I'm Tony Kornheiser. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Policy Genius ad. Here's what Policy Genius does. Okay, they help you compare top insurers in one place and save you 50% or more on life insurance. Once you find the best option, the one that appeals to you, the Policy Genius team will set up your new policy for you and answer any questions you have along the way. And you can feel good knowing that your family has financial protection. You'll go to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need and compare quotes to find your best price. Since their licensed agents work for you and not the insurance company, there's no hassle. 
If you had any speed bumps during the application process, Policy Genius, they're your representatives. They'll take care of everything. The best part is all the benefits of Policy Genius, the comparison tool, the handling of the paperwork, the unbiased advice. They're totally free to use. Policy Genius can promise that you won't leave their website look, feeling like a fool. I need to get on that website because I feel like a fool almost always. You could save 50% or more by comparing life insurance quotes and feel good knowing that if something happens, your loved ones will be taken care of. Go to policygenius.com to get started. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. This is The Tony Kornheiser Show. All right, so this is Emily Hall, who writes... It's Emily Hall, also known as Nigel's Neighbor. You were kind enough to play a few of my songs a while back, and I was hoping you'd play another. This one is called Real, and it's from my album, Compassion is Progress, which is available on all digital uh, platforms. Also, uh, she wants to let everybody know that she will be performing this Sunday at Jam and Java in Vienna, Virginia. I guess, I guess we're making progress if, if musicians are performing and people are going to watch. Doors open at 5. The show will start at 5.30 on Sunday. This is Emily Hall with Real. That's the name of the, whole, the song, and it plays in Ann Hornaday. And this is our Oscar preview. And I have to say that I come to this Oscar preview dumber than ever in my life. I have not even seen, and I have not even seen a single ad for the Oscar telecast. When is it on? Uh, it's on Sunday night. This, like Sunday night in two days, Sunday night? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sunday night, is it, and this is, so this is late April. Is this yeah. later than usual? Is this the right time for this? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, nothing makes any sense. <laughs> Top is, you know, under is over. Cats are marrying dogs. It's 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 a kooky year, and it's such a kooky year. It isn't even a year because they extended the eligibility um, in deference to 2020, and and so few movies having been actually released. Right. Um, they decided to extend the eligibility window into February, and then commence. And it usually cuts off on December 31st. Correct. It's usually by it's the, the calendar year. year. Yeah, you have to right. have been released in theaters, but of course, right. none of those, <laughs> none they of that applied. The... So, and of course, they obviously did accept streaming titles. So, no longer did things have to play in a theater for a week to qualify. You know, so everything's topsy turvy. Yeah. Top so these are. Uh, this is my favorite award show. It always is. Well, the Tonys are actually equal to the Oscars. I I know the Grammys were on this year. I didn't bother to watch them. Mm -hmm. uh, I was told by younger friends of mine that I would not have recognized a single person who performed, so it's that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I've reached that point in my life. I know the country music awards that I sometimes dip into were on, and I did not pay any attention to that. And I have no... Enthusiasm is the wrong word. I actually find myself without interest in the Oscars because I haven't watched any of the movies. Yeah. And I'm I'm the target audience. I'm old. You know, that's what they <laughs> yeah. like. I'm old and I watch movies. What what are I mean, for the benefit of people who may watch and may not know, like I, what's going on? What are the big movies? What are the ones where you say, pay attention to this movie? This could win a lot. 
Oh, sure. Well, the one that will probably win Best Picture <clears throat> happens to be one of my favorites of the year, which was Nomadland. And that's the uh-huh. one with Frances McDormand. And I know you're a huge Frances McDormand fan, as am She's I. She's great. She's great. And seriously, like, this is, it, it, it is just a magnificent film, and she's magnificent in it, and it's a real textbook case of why she's different. You know, it's like, and, and it's that mystery of an actor, and it's the mystery especially of a movie actor who can just hold the camera, and you're riveted. You're riveted by their face and by every single little thing they do, and she's got that thing like no other, and this movie really, really uses it. So, um... It's an adaptation of the nonfiction book about this this class of uh, this new working class of my you know internal migrant workers who just follow seasonal jobs in their vans, and um, it's a really beautiful film. So I think that's going to be big. There's can I two, can I interrupt yeah, for one please. thing? Yes. As a member of SAG-AFTRA, yeah. I get to vote in the SAG-AFTRA awards, and I get things sent to me. That was not nominated for Best Picture. You know in why? SAG-AFTRA. No, I, I'll that's tell why you I'm why. Because the director, Chloe Zhao, has her style is to work with non-professionals. And so McDormand oh. is actually, it, it, the, the two best-known professional actors in this movie are Francis McDormand and David Strathairn. And then the rest yes, I know are him. actually, you know him. Yeah. The rest yeah. are real people. The rest are actually oh. real nomads. And so I'm, I, I don't think, I don't think okay. your union generally has a habit of rewarding those productions. Right, right, right. <laughs> so it probably, it may not have even been qualified. Don't you have to be a SAG production to qualify? I, I don't know how For it works, but I, I know yeah, I was, that was the even... one, I wanted to see it, and it yeah. didn't come. Oh. And there was no way to access it. And I don't even, I thought she was nominated, but I'm not even certain of that. Mm, I, uh, I can't remember, and I, she may not have been just because of that. But it is, on, if you have Hulu, it's on Hulu. So you should be the able Hulu. to see it. I don't think I you have know, the, the Hulu. Hulu. The Hulu no, that we all have. Hulu. But um, I don't have it. But the, and, but there it's are more than that, just movies. It's a lifestyle, the Hulu. It is a lifestyle. Dame, that's dope. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just doing a Damien Lillard commercial. Um, who are the, Frances McDormand, obviously a big-time actress. Who are the actors and actresses who, who are, in your view, contending for the, the four different Oscar categories? So well, you know, it's and, interesting. And the actress, the leading actress is probably the most toss-up. Um, <clears throat> I would have told you a few months ago that McDormand was a lock, but Viola mm. Davis has actually been getting a lot of um, attention for her role in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which is on Netflix. And it she's is, won. Com- she's won an Oscar already, I think. I'm pretty yeah, sure both of them won. have. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. Frances has won two. Viola's won yeah. one. So, um, and then... Um, Carrie Mulligan in yeah, Promising Young good. Woman. She's, I think people have really been impressed by her performance and want to show that they liked it. And so <clears throat> I don't think anybody knows. I think it will be one of those three women, but I don't think anybody knows exactly who it will be. Now for my, Can I tell you, know, you that I, yeah. was, I was playing golf with Arch the other day, Arch Campbell, and oh, we talked about that. Oh, now you're just making me jealous no no what what he said was he said if you're going to watch that movie it's really wrenching watch it alone (laughs) don't watch it with anybody else which one is that true promising young woman well i would say yes except that it's something you really want to talk about 
Oh, um, okay. You know, I, I watched it alone, and I wanted to talk about it right away. So I would say watch it with you a, a post-personal... Yeah, watch it with... You know, it's it's a really interesting movie. I will say, you will watch it eventually. Just bear in mind, I yeah. was... Because what I want to talk about is the ending. Because it's the... I, I was not crazy about the ending, and then some people have said, no, it's the only way that movie could end. I'm like, no, did it really have... So that's where I wanted to okay. go with it. But it's a okay. really interesting, smart movie. All right. Yeah. What about uh, male actors? Is anybody that we know, anybody that the general public knows? Oh, is... for sure, yeah. I mean, Anthony Hopkins, Sir okay. Anthony Hopkins, um, who deserves it. He He's in this really good movie called The Father, where he plays a Does man. he wear a mask at any point, and no. is he carried from locale to locale on no, a roller? No, this is yeah, just... I love a, that. Th- no, this is just a great performance. Um, it's just so transparent and so beautifully calibrated. Um, and, and I really love the movie too. And it sounds like a grim downer. It's about a man with dementia, but it's so, um, it's really ingeniously structured to be kind of told from his personal point of view that it's not, it's, it's somber, you know, and it's obviously about a a serious subject, but it's not a downer just because the level of execution is so high. So I would say he's, well, and Gary Oldman is is nominated. I don't think he's going to win, but he's nominated for playing Herman Mankiewicz in Mank. Um, so yeah. those are the two best knowns. And then you have Riz Ahmed, um, who was, I guess most people wasn't know him he the from kid the in that television show I liked a lot? Yes, that he's that well, guy in that thing. Yeah. Was it called The Night or the Sun? It was something. It was really good. The Night of. It was like yeah. six or eight part. The Night of. Yeah. It was really good. Well, oh, okay, see, good. I know here's a movie I want you to see. <clears throat> I want you to see right. this one. It's called Sound of Metal. And it's I have on Amazon. It. Everybody's they got Amazon. They sent it to me. Hmm? I ha- no, I have it. I have the disc on it. I have okay, it. Okay, watch it. Watch it, please. Okay. It's, it's about so a guy good. who goes deaf. Guy goes deaf or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's it is so good. well done. Okay. Okay. And he's great right. in it. And I'm kind of hoping that maybe, I think it's, well, and this is another close one because I feel like the front runners would be Riz Ahmed and Anthony Hopkins. But I also think Chadwick Boseman, he's been getting um, these posthumous awards for yeah. his, yeah. for Rainey. And I get it. And, and I understand that impulse to want to honor him one last time, you know, so that could, I think that could happen here. But I, but frankly, if I'm being cold-hearted about it, I think it's it's down to Riz and, and Anthony Hopkins. Can I ask the sort of obvious questions for a viewership, which mm-hmm. is, who's going to host this thing, or is it going to be one of those stupid things where there is no host? Well, it's no host because, um, and it's the the, the the interesting, the most interesting thing about the actual show is that it's being produced by Steven Soderbergh. <laughs> Really? <laughs> and I, I find that fascinating on so many levels. Number one, he, to me, I still think his acceptance speech, I think it was for Aaron Brockovich. It might have been for traffic, but I'm pretty sure it was for Aaron Brockovich. He gave one of the all-time great acceptance speeches because it was, it was short, it was heartfelt, it was classy, and it was just, I, mean, I, I think the Academy still uses that as the gold standard, like, here. You know, here's how the pros, right. he's just a guy who, he, he just has exquisite, I think, he has exquisite taste. So they bring him in, also he's been very involved in COVID era protocols um, and developing film protocols. So he's been, he's kind of a thought leader, you know, within the industry. So they bring him in to do the show and he announces, we're going to make this like a movie. And so that's fascinating to me just because 
he's never cared. Like, that's a guy for whom a movie could look like Ocean's Eleven or it could look like High Flying Bird that he did on an iPhone. You know? Like, yeah. what does a movie look like to you, Stephen Soderbergh? Because he's never been very precious about how his movies look, you know? But he has said he really wants this to celebrate film as the art form and make the actual show look like a movie. So they're they're doing it at Union Station in L.A., that beautiful, beautiful um, old-fashioned train station. Will, will people be in attendance? Yes, they're having people live, socially. You know, they're only having the nominees. They're plus one, and they have presenters. Really? Um, and then I think they're going to toggle between Union Station and the Dolby. They're still doing it at the Dolby Theater. I don't know what that will be like. That's that's a bit of a black box to me. But I, I really would like it to be entertaining. I mean, well, and I don't know that it is. I, do you I think know, it'll that's... get any kind of number? I mean, I don't know that... Sometimes when you watch these things, it's not like the Grammys where it's live music. When you watch these things, you have to have a, a dog in the in the race. And if well, you don't yeah. know what the movies are, then nobody will watch, I think. That's what they're afraid of. I mean, I, I feel like this, you know, like you said, a lot of the awareness level on these movies is pretty low. Yeah. Um, it's very diffuse. Um, it's a, you know, it's just look, but, but then on, on the other hand, though, what would, what did we really expect after this year? You know, it's kind of like, let's just get through it and get back to our ways of watching and enjoying and talking about movies. And okay. if anything, you know, in a weird way, Tony, like, I almost feel like this has proven this. I think it proves the fact that people are so kind of unsettled and unengaged means that we still do need that experience. You know, it's like, it's not the same to see movies as part of the great wash of streaming. We do still, even if we don't quote unquote, see them in theaters, there's something about that, the, the theatrical pattern that we glom What's onto it? and that cues us yeah. when to have that conversation that I feel like we're all really missing. It's, it's movies, it's shows and it's ball games and it's concerts. And yeah. they form a very important part of your life, and they've been gone for a while. That group right. dynamic that where you all experience it together and you all take away, hopefully, somewhat of a similar feeling, and you can talk about it, because yeah. it always leads to conversations. And that's different from sitting alone in a dark room and reading a book like an English major. And I've done both. Yeah. And one is far more preferable to the other. I'll get you out of here on this. I've, I've mentioned this to the listeners of the podcast last week. I now watch The Godfather every single night. It's on every single night on one of my movie channels, on Epics or something or Showtime or whatever. I watch it every night, parts of it, every single night. Wow. It is so great. I, I mean, know. I hope... I hope you're one of the people who think it's so great. Even something like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. It's just so great. It's perfect. There's everything about it is so great. Am I right on this or am yes, I just getting foolishly right. no. romantic? Oh, God, no. Of course you're right. No. It, it, and, and do they show two? Is it, is it one and two? Back and sometimes. Back back no, no, it's one. It's, it's one. It's one, which is fine. But, but sometimes like, they, two is the next night, and, and but they still have too. one. Yeah, one is no, still there. You could yeah, do worse. It's, it's funny. I, oh. I did a story. I, I'll do a plug. You know, I, I did a story about this whole thing, about, like, what do movies even mean anymore? Um for Sunday's paper, and I interviewed Bob Gazali, who's the head of the American Film Institute, 
and they have incoming classes. They call them fellows instead of students. They have because often they are mid kind of mid career people. They're not just like little kids. And they come in, and he said, you know, when I first got here in the nineties, everybody wanted to make The Godfather. And then 10 years later, they all wanted to make Breaking Bad. (laughs) Um, But now he said they want to do it all. You know, it's like The Godfather hasn't gone away, and it's still the gold standard. Um, Because it is. I think it's one of the greatest pieces of visual storytelling ever committed to film. Period. One time, uh, Kay, you can ask me the question just (laughs) this once. (laughs) No. No. (laughs) It's so... It's just too great. It's all right. I thank you, Anne. Enjoy the Oscars. We'll talk. Thank you. We will talk. All right. Thanks for calling. Anne Hornaday, boys and girls. We will take a break. We're going to come back with news. Chris and Jeannie, right? Chris and Jeannie will do news. That's right. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. This is a ZipRecruiter ad. It's good copy. I like this. Good news for diehard MLB fans. You will be allowed to attend games this season where you sit in pods with your group. It's, it's already out there. Sporting arenas aren't the only places that are slowly returning back to normal. Businesses everywhere are making the gradual shift towards normalcy, which means more hiring. And that's where ZipRecruiter comes in. Right now, you can try it for free, only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. Why are millions of business fans of ZipRecruiter? Because ZipRecruiter makes hiring faster and easier. First, when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 top job sites in just one click. Then ZipRecruiter's matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply. And it's no wonder that four out of five five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free, only at ZipRecruiter.com slash Tony. See why companies go wild for ZipRecruiter when you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash T-O-N-Y. ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. That's their ad. Ann just talked about Steven Soderbergh and the gold standard of Oscar acceptance speeches. This is really good. This tells you exactly what the company wants you to know and influences you to try it. It's spare. It's to the point. It's not full of bells and whistles. This is really good copy. That's all I want to say. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. It's not like he's Sammy Sosa, whose bat was always corked. He's not like John Rocker, who spoke with tongue so forked. He's the orchid. He's the orchid. Precious and so delicate and gentle. He's the orchid. He's the orchid. Pardon me if I am sentimental. Do not blame him just because his shoulders always torque it. Don't <laughs> accuse this flower of being slothful, lazy, torpid. One hundred innings pitched a year is all that one could hope of the orchid. Just love him when he blooms the Dan Byrne is brilliant. Dan Byrne is brilliant. He just used torpid in a song. It's just, he's brilliant. 
brilliant. Um, Michael, you can listen again to Dan Byrne without any interruption at the end of the show. You can listen to Emily Hall without any interruption at the end of the show. If people like this, who are this good, want to send in their music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonyquinnothershow.com. And I, Dan, next time you come to DC, I got to show you videos of the boys who are now singing your songs in our driveway as just part of their play every day. It's just so <laughs> wonderful. The orchid, just so great. A hundred innings is all you can expect per year. All right, Nigel, this is your deal. We have a news segment. Introduce everybody and let's go. Yes, we're very happy to have Gina McManus and Chris Saliza in with us for this. Um, and uh, Mr. Lego. Hey, I didn't know it was going to be Chris. I thought it was going to be Gary. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, this segment's also a great start. Yes, I've been um, undercut from the start. Yeah, okay. uh, so there's lots of stories we could begin with, lots of big news going on, but this one comes to the forefront. Dateline, Vestal, New York. Binghamton mm. University Athletic Director Patrick Elliott is stepping down at the end of June, according to University President Harvey Stinger. I add parenthetically, friend of the show, Harvey Stinger. Friend of the show, um, yes. He has served, uh, Elliot has served as athletic director for the past decade and will remain on staff part-time as a special advisor to the president. Uh, it appears as if Dennis Kalina uh, will become the interim athletic director for 18 months during a national search for Elliot's successor. And Don't I need a search. Yeah, Don't need it, a search. I know who, I know, uh, yeah, I, I, I'll do it. I'll be the AD. <laughs> I'll be that, the AD. I just don't want to have to name, live there. That's the name I've heard. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't want to have to live in Binghamton full time because it's really too cold, uh, you know. But it's the same thing. Like I would be the ambassador to, you know, some bad country if I could live in Paris. I, I, I will. I'll be the. How tough can it be to be the AD? I'll do. I'll do it. I'll be the AD. I believe Pat Elliott, good guy. Go ahead. Hmm? That requires a lot of fundraising. Yeah, I can do that. I can just. I can. Yeah, I, I'll keep doing this show and ask people to send in a dollar. You know, and it'll be fine. We'll get all the money we need. I, I feel like they should say an international search, like a global <laughs> search. Like, oh. don't limit just to the U.S. I mean, That's what a if there's point. a gifted person in Mexico or Tanzania? We are, um, we're low-level D1. We lost our basketball coach. He was not renewed, and now we've lost our AD, and I'll do it. I won't be the basketball coach, but I'll hire a basketball coach. You'll hire Larry Brown, right? That would be your first I would, act. I would hire Larry Brown before this podcast was over. <laughs> yes. 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 And and, but I would say he'd have to live there. Right. I would say, Larry, you have to live there. You have to go with the he team. He would probably do there. it, wouldn't he? I mean, he'd be like, sure, let me coach him up. And take him to the tournament. Probably. That's what he does. Probably. And they get, he would, they get better. They yes. get better two to three years. They'd probably be in the tournament. Let's be honest. It happens yeah. every yeah. time he coaches someone. That's, that's what he does. Yeah, yeah. That that's why better. he's in what is called the Hall of Fame, okay? Because <laughs> he knows what he's doing. Okay, let's go. But is he on, is he on the Wall of Fame? That's, well, that's, you know, that's, that's the, the real, real distinction. Yes. He's, he's a Hoff. I don't know that he's a Waff. I don't know that yeah, he's a Waff. Exactly. The, the hard thing is yeah. Waff. That's hard. you got to have a Wall of Fame yeah. somewhere. Okay. That's All right, Nigel, right. go ahead. Mr. Tenet, we talked about the uh, the proposed Super League uh, for European soccer uh, the other day, and it, it, nearly all of the 12 members have, per, uh, have announced that they it's were pulling over. out of this. Yeah, um, but on Wednesday night on Spanish radio, Real Madrid president Florentino Perez insisted that the league is merely on standby, and we're, we're just looking for ways of getting this done. Um, so I, I turned to Chris Elizu, whom we know is a, rather, yes, a large soccer fan. Um, yeah. This thing is dead, isn't it? Chris, no matter what this president well, says. Let me 
first take issue with the fact that you guys went with Twelman over Saliza <laughs> for your soccer talk. Uh, now, point. look, I get it. He's a good-looking guy or whatever. I'm a has-been. He played soccer. But, man, that, that hurt. Uh, number two, yes, it's, uh, it's, it's Taylor was exactly right. It's dead for now. Right. But uh, they will try – the American owners, uh, as well as the Real Madrid president, they will continue to try – to do this. It might be two years because of all the blowback, but they'll continue to try to do it. And when I was listening to the segment with you guys and Taylor, I was thinking, Tony, and you know I think of this all the time, I was thinking of the Don Olmeyer. Yep. The answer yep. to all of your questions is money. It's money. I mean, this is yep. a classic example. This is, a, this is an attempt, this is a smash and grab by billionaires to get more. Because, you know, the only, the only thing that's better than some money is even more money. And that's all this is. And they'll continue to try to do it because they want more money. Yeah, it's it's a very American thing to uh, go yes. bigger and better and to not care about the community you're from. That we, you know, in America, the franchises are moved all the time. People don't care; they just move them because there's a, a an opportunity, an economic opportunity down the road. Gene, you have any thoughts on the soccer? I'm not a soccer fan, obviously. No, I do. I, I love this story in a way, even though I'm not. As, as big a fan, obviously, as Saliza. I love this story because here's one side. American hedge funds, Russian yeah. oligarch, European <laughs> industrial tycoons, and Gulf Royal. That's one yeah. side. Yeah. The other side is the people. The people. people. <laughs> the hooligans, the fans, the coaches. And I thought to myself, you know, could this work if the Washington football team makes some boneheaded trade or draft some inept, you know, rookie? Could, right. could the people somehow take to the streets and try to overthrow these selections? I don't know. I see opportunity here. <laughs> that would be great. If people did that, that would be great. Obviously, it's it's we go back to the root cause of why this happens, why the people have this power, and why they feel this way in, in European countries. And it is because they don't have... 15 different leagues that they care about. They have two sports. That's right. Every one of these countries has its own sport and soccer. That's it. That's all they got. And soccer and soccer tends to be just absolutely dominant. It is woven into the sort of culture, even of small towns, but certainly of big cities, like in ways that I think is hard for, for us yeah, to sort of understand it. It, it represents sort of a broader cultural thing for a lot of people. And that's, it's amazing that you would be so tone deaf and not hire a PR firm or focus group this and be like, Hey, is this a good idea? I mean, it's so clearly a, a, an idea that's going to cause a revolt, but I, maybe they didn't care and they thought they could just sort of ride through it. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, closer to home, uh, for the second time in history, the House passed legislation yesterday to make the District of Columbia the nation's 51st state. Now, this will move on to the Senate, and they're hoping that the uh, the bill will have its first ever hearing in that chamber. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has pledged that he is going to try and do that. Um, now, there's still long odds that the District of Columbia will become a state uh, with a, a possible filibuster. Um, it would require 60 senators to advance the legislation. Um, and I, I, I know this has been been brought up over years and years, but I would turn to Jeannie McManus, who was born and You're raised. Born and raised here. Yes. I mean, do you want this? Do you want to be a state? Of course 
I do. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not just that we don't have representation in Congress, although we have a population larger than Vermont and Wyoming, but it's also now if you asked a hundred Americans the answer to this, I bet only one would know. Any legislation that DC passes, the oh, council, yeah. mm-hmm. has to be approved by Congress before it becomes law. Big Brother has to give us the okay before mm-hmm. we can make our own laws. I mean, come on. This is 2021. This can't happen. But it's never going to pass the Senate. So, you know, forget it. Chris, you agree with that? It won't pass the Senate? Oh, yeah. Nigel said it has a small chance. It has a no chance. Uh, It's just not going to happen. And the reason is simple. It's politics. If it becomes a state, it gets two senators uh, and a member of Congress, at least. And those are going to be Democrats, given D.C.'s lean. And Republicans don't want to more Democratic senators and another House member. It's why, it's why the proposal, it was probably about 15 years ago, there was a proposal that Utah had a congressional district and they'd add a seat to the House for D.C., so at least it, it had voting privileges in, in, in um, the House, and that was your best chance because it would basically cancel each other out. But right. no, this is not going. This is not going to happen. I mean, when you are celebrating that it is getting a hearing in the Senate, that speaks may get a hearing in the Senate. That speaks to the chances of it happening, which are not high. I would hope to have like a state song and a state flower. I hope sure. we could do something yeah. with the cicadas. Well, but these maybe we could honor the cicadas as the state. Now something. we need a new license plate. Yeah, no, our license plates are good. Well, the taxation without representation would have to go, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, but then we taxation could have with representation. You just you just cross <laughs> a little bit out. There you go. Or there you go. Send a dollar to Binghamton. That could be our motto. <laughs> well, let me ask send you this: a dollar. There's yeah. four four people on the show live within the the confines of the District of Columbia. Chris, you live in the Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, if you said, all right, well, we'll trade the idea of statehood, but everybody that lives in D.C., we no longer have to pay federal taxes. Would you be okay with that plan, mm. Gene? Would you? Yeah, I would. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I don't I mean, want like them. That. I don't want them deciding on DC legislation. Yeah, that is that is frustrating at an incredibly high level when that happens. You mm. pass a bill and Congress is, yeah, no, we're just not going to pay attention to that. You can't do that. That's really Thank frustrating. You. What else? You know, uh, Nigel, are you getting your ideas from Armageddon? Because remember that when the meteor is screaming to Earth and Bruce Willis and his, <laughs> his group of drillers, they like yes. go to meet with like the National Security Council and they're like, <laughs> we'll do this. But one but thing, <laughs> we don't want to pay taxes again, ever. <laughs> That's right. Well, you know, it's just a thought. You know, everything's a horse trade, so you got to see what you can get. Uh, Mr. Tony, I know you love uh, advances in technology. I know that's love something em. you have a keen eye on. Uh, well, in Hollywood, Florida, which I guess is in southern Florida, uh, a restaurant. Hollywood, Florida, yeah, it's right on I-95. It's a little bit north of Miami. It's Hollywood, yeah. Well, the next time you're driving down there, if you stop into the Mr. Q Crab House, you mm-hmm. will be uh, astonished to see not one, not two, but three food service robots that the uh, the restaurant Ooh. has hired, or, or not hired, has purchased, well, I should them. say. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not sure what sort of union the robots have. Uh, they the, the robot workers perform tasks normally assigned to several servers and other front-of-house workers. Uh, it costs $30,000 for the three of them. Uh, the robots are being used to greet customers, help them to their seats, and even run food out to the tables. Human service is still taking orders, although the robots are 
will reportedly also help sing happy birthday and they can do that in four different languages wait, wait, wait. so let's let's so what do you tip a robot yeah well, let, can well, we go backwards for a second <laughs> i understand a robot bringing food i get that but what do you mean greet you and take you to your seat well how, how do they do that well if you say to the robot no i don't really want that table it's too close to the kitchen i don't want that table do you think the robot is going to respond to you do you think the robot's going to understand no has no then, one seen Terminator? <laughs> I just, <laughs> or Westworld? Yeah, I mean, come on. I just don't understand. Like, down this road lies nothing good, man. Oh, uh, and no. to answer your question, Michael, while the robot servers are helping out the servers, uh, they don't share in the tips. So I can see that's going to be a union issue at some point for the robots. <laughs> oh, they're paid a decent living wage. Gene, if you went to a restaurant and you were greeted by a robot... And you were seated, greeted, and seated by a robot. Would you like that? I would not like that. I, I'd have no problem with that. Really? I, no, I mean, actually, with all due respect to hosts and hostesses at restaurants, yeah. I mean, they are pretty robotic, aren't they? <laughs> well, I mean, they yes. take you and put the menu down on the table and bolt. So that part doesn't bother me. I mean, I don't know about them bussing tables and... I don't know. I can't. I can see that getting out of control. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, if a robot I mean, actually seated you and then said to you, um, "Wait right here, and somebody will come over for your drink order," would you be comfortable with that? It's okay if the robot speaks to you. I guess they're yeah, programmed to speak, fact, right? I assume. Yes. Speak. In fact, I would say, "And hurry up with that drink order." Right. Okay. All right. Okay. What else? Well, if that b particular brand of technology is not too like Mr. Tony, I'm pretty sure this one will be. Uh, Amazon uh, has said that they are just about to test a new palm scanning technology for customers to pay uh, at, instead of at checkout lines at Whole Foods. They're going to roll this out and see how it's Capitol Hill neighborhood. What you do is you insert your credit card this one time and put your hand over a scanner and it does this unique scanning of, of your palm and the, the veins and whatever. So it makes it a unique imprint of that. And then from that point on to pay, you will just have to put your hand over this scanner and then you'll be done. Okay. Love it. I, yeah. I, <laughs> don't lose your credit card. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know because I think, I think this is just more gathering information to use against you and kill you somewhere down the road. I just, oh, well, that, I hate these things. That's true, but they already have all that information anyway. So I like this idea because now you're not fumbling at the cash register, putting your credit card in, right, getting right. your groceries. I mean, I have come so close to leaving my credit card at a cash register. I haven't done it yet. I like this idea. One and yeah, done. Leave card inserted. Are you sure, Gene? I, are you sure that every palm has its own, that it's like a snowflake? It has its own <laughs> signature and no two palms are the same? Because what if you get credit card bills from somebody else's palm? No. The, the palms are all different. Fingerprints are they? Are all yeah. Different. Yeah, it's uh, like your fingerprint. Okay. okay. I, I, like, I like Whole Foods. They have the quinoa that I prefer. So you have that kombucha um, you're at, you've been drinking. There you I go. do drink a lot I've of never, kombucha from there. Yeah, I've never I, been I, to I a Whole Foods. Do, what? No, I've never how been in you, one. How, 
Well, then how do you feel superior to other people? (laughs) Well, that just sort of comes with the territory for somebody like me. (laughs) Going back to that card, I wonder wonder what it would do in terms of spending habits if you'd start to carry more debt just because it might be easier and easier. I wonder Just put your palm out. Yeah, when we started using Apple Pay and you're using your thumbprint, if it just got easier to buy, buy, buy. Here's what I don't like about it, and, and Gene and I may differ on this, though we are of the same age. Everything gets harder and harder to be old you know, and go through your regular routine and pay with cash and park in certain spots and go to a restaurant and not be seated by a robot. Everything gets harder and it throws you off. It throws your equilibrium off, but mine, but not yours, Gene. You're okay? Well, I understand what you're saying, Tony, but it gets harder if you're not flexible, if you're not open to change. If you're still paying with cash and the rest of the world has moved on, credit, you're kind of making it hard on yourself. I mean, I I would find this an incredible convenience. I am old. I am old. I shall wear my trousers rolled. What else? I I think the one thing. I like coffee spoons. (laughs) The thing they have to make sure, though, with the palm scanner, that it has to be sort of at body height, because if they raise it up, you'll be giving a Sieg Heil. So I think they need to watch that. I think that's the one thing they need to be concerned with. This is all Amazon. This is all Amazon Bezos. Yes. And and Bezos is going to take, you know, he's going to take over the world. He's going to take over the world. Michael's point is is 100% correct. This is to make it easier to spend money. That's that's really what it is. It's so convenient that with that Apple Pay, you you know it, it's just more money will be flying out. I think that's the- So I will just just say another fear that old people should have about this, that as all of these younger people create all this debt for themselves and they can't pay it, then people like us who actually pay their bills on time and don't avail themselves of, you know, the 18% because you didn't pay your whole bill on time. We're going to get, it's going to be worse for us. It's going to be worse. It's what Joe Pesci said about going through the drive-in. You know, it's, <laughs> the drive through It's what he yes, said. Because your generation won't get up and retire. Just bad. Are we <laughs> good? When that happens, you and I will be dead. I don't think we have to worry about it. I do have one final story, and this was requested yes. specifically by Miss McManus. I don't okay. think you've seen the video of this, Mr. Tony. This happened earlier this week from Burgar, North Carolina. I'm not exactly clear where that is in North Carolina. Uh, Christy and Happy Wade were preparing no. to take their cat to the veterinarian, and they were sort of, you know, it was a slow morning, and they're just, you know, somebody was getting coffee inside, and they're getting outside to go. And as, the, as Christy, the wife, said, shortly after she walked out, she heard a growl beside one of the couple's vehicles in the driveway. They said the animal ran from across the street to the neighbor's house and up into the driveway when the attack happened. It first attacked my hand that I held behind me to try to fend it off. Then I felt it crawl up my back. Uh, when she started screaming, uh, Happy jumped in. I kind of shoved my arm in there. That's when I ended up with it face to face. And it's not really until I get it a few steps away that I look at it and realize it's a bobcat. And I say to myself, oh, my God, it's a bobcat. Thank you, Happy, for that statement of the obvious. He tried to carry the bobcat away from the home and was bit several times. The third time it bit me, I could actually feel the tooth on my bone. Um, and that's when yeah. I realized. And that's when I flung it. So you can see it in the photo. He flings the cat away, the bobcat away. Uh, and then the bobcat immediately comes charging back. He says on the video, 
I'm going to shoot that blankety blank, um, which he does. He ends up shooting it in the shoulder. Didn't want to kill it because they're animal fans, but they found out later that the, the bobcat was rabid, uh, and they have now had to, as he said, over 30 shots each, um, but they are going to be okay. But that was a terrifying and mildly hilarious watching him toss the bobcat, but I'm sure if I, I was in that situation, I would um, be utterly terrified myself. Bobcats attack? Well, it's the first stage of the Tone, revolution, isn't to, it? Tone, you have to watch. You have to watch where this. It, it's captured on their like um, their yeah, the, home security camera. It, yeah. They don't capture the actual shooting, but they do capture the throw. It, this is like it is like Spiral. suburbia one hundred and one. Like it is. It is not. It is not high on my list of places I would think a bobcat would be. Like it's not rural. It's like. You could, there's a bunch of houses and like, it's the suburbs. Like, that's what I was stunned by. I was like, what? I mean, obviously the Bobcat, I guess was rabbit. So it was, but it's like, uh, it's, it's, it's so, sort of like the Tony McLean suburbs where I live, which made me a little nervous, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's wild. <laughs> and, and you yeah. have to set the stage. Happy comes out of the house carrying a pan of brownies. Whistling, yes. sort of happy, happy, <laughs> waving to the neighbor across the street, opens up the back seat of the minivan, puts the brownies in, has put his coffee cup on the hood of the car. Then Christy comes out on the other side, and all of a sudden, she's wedged between the minivan and another car, screaming her head off, and you see her just wrestling, trying to get away. Happy comes in, intervenes, pulls the bobcat off of his wife, then turns around and takes the bobcat, and the way he threw it was like the way I threw foul shots in fifth grade, <laughs> sort of like it only launched about four feet, but it was sufficient. And then Happy happily was packing heat so he could dispatch with the bobcat quickly. Wait, wait, wait. He's got a gun on him as yes. he goes to the minivan yes. with the brownies? Yes. He's got a gun? Yes, that's legal in North Carolina. He has a holster gun, yes. And and, and the bobcat legal. was in the car? The bobcat had penetrated the car? Under the car. Oh, okay. Under. All right. But then, to Nigel's point, even after he tosses it, the bobcat comes back for more. Yeah. Yeah. The bobcat does no, not a, run away. Bobcat. The bobcat it's is like, bobcat. okay, you win, a... you win round one. Of course, you probably didn't calculate the gun. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Oh, okay. I don't want that. I mean, it's bad enough that I have deer on my lawn. I don't want that. Don't want that. Thanks, everybody. Thank, thank you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, Gene. That was lovely. We'll take a break. We will come back with jingle, email, stuff like that. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is the Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is the Michelob Ultra read. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take the time to enjoy themselves, like having a Michelob Ultra with friends, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. In my life as a sports writer and somebody on television, I can think of two teams that exemplified this more than others. And I don't want you to get the wrong impression because to be a professional athlete means you have to work very, very hard at it. You're in an extraordinarily narrow slice of accomplishment when you reach the pros. 
But having fun is important as well. I would give you two. I would give you the 2019 Nats, who every time they hit a home run, danced in the dugout. And when they danced in the dugout, the camera stayed on them. And it made all of us who rooted for the team very happy. And there was a sidebar to that. If Adam Eaton or Howie Kendrick were involved in a play that resulted in a run, they sat next to each other on the bench and they did a power shift as if they were driving a car. And that, too, gave them great joy and gave us as viewers great joy. The obvious other example is the 85 Bears, maybe the greatest single-season team in the NFL when they put together the Super Bowl shuffle. And everyone went, oh, my God, you can't do that. That's going to jinx you. you got to keep your nose to the grindstone. But no, they were the best team ever. They went through the playoffs something like 91 to 10. And even Wilbon knows how good they were, and I don't get angry when he says it. So that is the great joy that you can take from sports. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag Got your emails, faxes, and some notes Here comes Tony's mailbag Gonna read some for all of you folks Joe Arrow, John Nicewinger, it's beautiful. Love to hear that. Nigel, why don't you do the Bethesda bagel ad? They gave us more bagels today because you left some on the street the other day. Yes, I sure. I want to make sure that uh, the kids had their bagels today, Bootsy and the Hammer. Uh, yes, Bethesda bagels, Mr. Tony. All you need to do is go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the, in the D.C. area nearest you, then pop on in, and you will be thrilled. That just about does it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me just say, John Big Booty, you coward. You're the weakest individual I ever know. What is that? It's across the... Across the universe. What's the Buckaroo name of that bon, movie? Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Banzai. In the eighth dimension, I think. Just wonderful. Thanks to our guest today, Ann Hornaday, Chris Saliza, Jeannie McManus. Thanks to our sponsors, Zip Recruiter, Policy Genius, Michelob Ultra. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey if you get the show through two, iTunes. Two quick plugs. Remember, if you finished, I think it was top 66 in ties, make sure you get your address to Rob Colpian. Send that email to uh, shop at TonyCornersOshow.com. And there still is the promo code TKFOOLS. So go check out Johnny O. Uh, they have some great hanging out button downs if you're into that. It's a good spring look. Probably should have picked a promo code that didn't really just apply to one day at the beginning of the month. Yeah, but it also applies to us in general. Well, that's Fools. what I was going for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from Sean, who writes, As a longtime little, I'd be honored to drop off some fresh Philly-style pretzels for you and the crew on the best made-up holiday of National Pretzel Day. Yes, for 40 years, I too skipped this blessed day, but then I bought a franchise and leveraged my family's future, and now it's a big deal to us. We're dropping off free samples around D.C. on Monday, April 26th to honor this treasured day, and if you could pull yourself away from some of those delicious bagels, we'd be happy to drop off some pretzels and pretzel dogs for all of you to enjoy. Of course, we would throw in some of our best mustards because we don't do ketchup, and we think you would approve. Sincerely, you're hopeful to be soon official pretzel supplier of the Tony Kornheiser Show. Sean from the Philly pretzel factory sean gordon in crofton maryland yes this, this interests me yes now how does this compare to the to philly to the double pack from wawa so you'll have to see because you you went to college in the town that these well, I, st- I still pretzels. seek these out throughout throughout the area Is that right? we have wawa in dc so are there's wa- no wawas here there were not until a few years okay. ago 
Chris Band sells in Forest Hill, Maryland. Usually when you berate a company's copy, they're a paying sponsor. Now you're just giving that high-quality critique away for free? Come on, man. What are we even doing out here? That was the L.L. Bean read where I attacked what I thought was the nonsense about fishing and rock climbing. Why are you so dramatically pulling the, the email across your mic stand? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <coughs> Nicholas. You've been doing it for about a week now. Nicholas Vamvas, V-A-M-V-A-S, in Albany, New York. These are immutable facts of self-promotion. You buy the Subaru to let everyone know you love your kids more than they love their kids. You buy the L.L. Bean articulated knee pant to let everyone know you climb more rocks than they climb. On a personal note, I love getting the L.L. Bean catalog, flipping through it for a few minutes, and then tomahawk slamming it into the recycling bin while yelling about how expensive the doormats are. Another one on L.L. Bean. Have you seen the dog beds? No. They're hundreds of dollars, really? I think. From Chief in Somerville, not Rivera. I thought the reason I haven't been sleeping well was because of the pandemic stress, but it occurs to me that it might be because the pants I sleep in don't have articulated knees. Who is sleeping in their pants except L.L. Bean customers? Uh, from R.J. in Bronxville, New York, by way of Chicago. Until Monday's show, I was unaware that the football team was considering another name change, so I decided to run a search and find the exhaustive list of options being considered in addition to what you and Barry covered. The first article that showed up on the results page was from The Post and titled, The Washington Football Team Won't Find a Better Name Than It Already Has. The writer of this piece, you may ask, none other than the recurring show guest, Barry's Verluga. That means less than 24 hours after you politely scolded him for not authoring at least five different stories on this topic, he churned out a sharply written story that made sure to quote your speculation about the candidate known as 32FC and whether or not that is some sort of homage to a type of pant measurement. Salazzo once told Tom Hagen that the Don was slipping and could have never been gotten to, uh, to just 10 years prior. While that may have in fact rang true for poor Vito Corleone. It doesn't apply to Tony Kornheiser, age 72. At least not yet. Not today. From David <laughs> Baker in Warren, Ohio. My submission for your new name for your local football team, the Washington Havelinas. From Jerry in Yonkers, New York. Dr. Kornheiser, I'm writing to you that you have a tell. When you're ready to prove Wilbon wrong, you take the right temple tip of your glasses and you bring them closely to your lips. I'm sure you're doing it right now as you prepare to prove me wrong. And that's on the show. Maybe that's true. A tell I can't get in a poker game. <laughs> From Jeff Stabe in Springfield, uh, Michigan. If you'd like some help storing the bourbon, I have space in the cupboard. From Tom Gilroy in Evanston, Illinois, by way of Huntington, Long Island. Long time little here. You might remember me from such episodes as Bootsy's first dinner at the Palm and as the guy who sent you Leonsis's pants. I will admit I'm a sucker for marketing. As a loyal little, yesterday I had a Michelob Ultra, and I'm even considering buying a set of new hearers for my wife so that we can return the television volume to near socially acceptable levels. There's no question I'm being affected by this show on a daily basis. How else to explain the level of my white-hot rage when my twin boys came home the other day with their new baseball uniforms revealing the team's sponsor, Evanston Subaru? What is a loyal little to do? Do I immediately pull the kids off the team? write a sternly worded letter, or maybe hit up their long locks, bald orange uncle to be in D.C. to be the new sponsor. P.S. I still think Volvo outranks Subaru on the scale of pretentiousness. From Alan and Helena. Both would fit Evanston maybe very well. Maybe it's Helena. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Tony, Alan Hansen, this is the first time I've reached out to you to late 1990s when as a doctoral student in sociology at SUNY Albany and listened to your radio show daily and at times sent an email as Alan in Albany. Your observation about Stuart Sink playing golf with his son at his side reminded me of my days as a graduate student when I would work in my home office with my toddler son working at my side. 
While I was lost in Marx, Weber, and Durkheim, my son was equally lost in his Winnie the Pooh animated story the book, storybook. I've recommended your podcast to my son, who, after his Winnie the Pooh storybook days, attended and played golf at Carroll College in Helena or Helena, Montana. It's the capital. I don't know how it's pronounced. I think it's Helena, where I work as a professor of communication. For me, the tissue of Mr. Tony's show connects me not only to my time in upstate New York and to the sporting world as I like to encounter it, but also, particularly as I listen to you compliment Michael after delivering a nice read as you sit across from him on Uncle Benny's table, to one of the sweetest aspects of life, relationships between fathers and sons. Keep up the good work. From Sean, who writes, Sean, Saliza is my spirit animal, plus Kina, says, like so many before, I wanted to thank you for years of humor and griping. I grew up in the land of Uber drivers, reading you and Mr. Wilbon's columns in the Washington Post. I listened on the radio and internet radio, and the first time PTI came on, I was in college, and I had my first David Aldridge moment. My father was a big baseball fan when I was a kid. First his hometown Pirates, then the Orioles, then the Nationals. The 2019 championship season was a highlight for my dad, as the Pirates let him down so often in his youth. I've never quite got the bug for baseball, but I followed the Nats uh, through listening to you. That knowledge always gave me a way to connect with him, as he hated the bullpen almost as much as you. My dad died two months ago yesterday, and even at the end, we would still talk about the Nats and how they would do this season. Thank you for providing a way to connect me with my father and help talk about the future with him, even though he wouldn't be there. As an aside, he owned a hardware store in Arlington for 42 years, and I have taken it over. Lace's staff will know Bill's true value, and it would mean a lot to be the official hardware store of the Tony Kornheiser show. Absolutely. Without question. It's absolutely true. And one other thing from Josh Cromwell of Moselle, Mississippi. It's safe to say I will not be investing in a pant with articulated knees. My knees are not articulate at all. In fact, they cannot utter a single word. All they do is make an assortment of popping sounds. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear what? Come on now. That means everybody just cool, cool out. out. <laughs> Will you cool out, everybody? Shut up, Mick. <laughs> In a mix of smoke and light Some say the other side is heaven Some say the other side is night See through the haze of illusion Smile at the rising tide The power of creation Is the power to decide And I am free, I am home and all is well I am free, I am home and all is well
It's not like he Sammy Sosa, whose bat was always corked. He's not like John Rocker, who spoke with tongue so forked. He's the orchid. He's the orchid. Precious and so delicate and gentle. He's the orchid. He's the orchid. Pardon me if I am sentimental. Do not blame him just because his shoulders always torquid. Don't accuse this flower of being slothful, lazy, torpid. One hundred innings pitched a year is all that one could hope of the orchid. Just 